Hey there, before we get into this next episode with Connor the Controller Matthews, a badass MMA fighter, I want you to check out Kevin Edgerton over at 18A Fitness. That's 18 Alpha Fitness. Use the promo code one, the number one, and ready. Number one, ready. Uh, he's got tailor-made programs for you in terms of fitness. Some, A lot of them involving kettlebells, a lot of them are involving running, swimming, and all that kind of good stuff. Everything that you need to prepare for Ranger School, Aspect War Selection, BUDS, Q Course, anything like that, he's got you covered. It's got rucking, running, calisthenics, weightlifting, kettlebells, all that kind of stuff, and it's tailor-made to you based off of what your current fitness levels are, how much time you have, and where you need to be. So promo code one ready, and that's 18afitness.com. Also check out Trench Coffee Co. Uh, Jeff and Jerick are killing it in the coffee game. My favorite is the Brazilian Serato. Get two bags every month, usually end up with three. But trenchcoffeeco.com, promo code one's ready, and they're sending bags of coffee over to the troops that are currently deployed. Uh, still active duty and serving, so we really appreciate them. We're happy to have them on the team. And finally, we have attackly.com. That's A-T-A-C-L-E-T-E.com. So instead of going and piecemealing all the equipment that you need and guessing, hey, is this what they're using in the pipeline or not? They've got you covered. That You can buy it individually or you can buy it in a bundle, but they've got the same exact fins that you're using in the pipeline, the same high volume mask, the same um, knots, or um, not knots, the ropes that you use to tie knots underwater. So everything that you need is a one-stop shop. You don't need to go to Amazon and piecemeal everything. Check them out, attackly.com, A-T-A-C-L-E-T-E.com, promo code ONE'S READY, get yourself a discount. And now, on to Connor Matthews. Welcome back, everybody, to the ONE'S READY podcast. In the team room this week, we got Connor, the controller. Matthews, what's up, dude? What's up, what's up? How you guys doing? My man, doing really, really well. This is the second time that you've been on. I can't wait to get into everything that you've been doing and everything that you're up to. But do us a, do us a favor and just kind of reintroduce yourselves to, or yourself to the audience and let them know where you came from. So um, my name is Connor Matthews. I am currently a professional mixed martial artist. I was a combat controller for six years. I was stationed at the 22nd Special Tactics Squadron up in Washington, where you're at right now. Um, so, yeah. That's been uh, been out for four years now, which is crazy. It's been going it's been going by pretty fast, um, and yeah, I've been chasing this dream, uh, making it to the UFC, um, fighting. I just had my fight this year at the Dana West Contender Series. Didn't go my way, but it was a it was a battle, it was a war, and, and we're still in the hunt right now. So, um, yeah, how are you guys That's doing? Yeah, we're man, we're doing great. And you got so many things that, that you're, you've been working and I want to get into all that stuff. And, you know, where I kind of want to start is that you've made the transition. You talked about you're out for four years and man, we were lucky enough to have you on the podcast and sit down and talk about how like you hadn't even had your Dana White Contender Series shot yet. Like, yeah, we, we were, you know, screaming it from the rooftops like, hey, give this guy a shot. Give this guy a shot. I think <laughs> we had you on when you were five and oh, and, and yep. five and, you know, five and oh. Um, going into into that fight at, at the contender series, but man, talk us talk to us a little bit about how uh, you know that journey went from when you got out to you, no kidding, getting that shot at the Dana White contender series, like leading up to that fight. So it, I mean, it wasn't too direct, you know what I mean? We had we had that pandemic. The last time we knew talked was right, right when the, we got locked up. What? It was like the weekend of of the, the pandemic. Oh. 
The what? Oh, the COVID. Yeah, oh, I, COVID. Forgot about that. I forgot <laughs> about that. It just sort of disappeared. So, yeah, I mean, it, it hasn't, it, I mean, for the amount of time I've been out, I haven't got the fights like I wanted to, the amount of fights, right. like, just because of just a lot of crazy stuff. Um, the pandemic, I mean, obviously that threw a big wrench into everything. Um, when I got my, uh, um, I had a couple weird stuff with opponents falling out on me like last second where I would like have a fight scheduled. It was going to happen and nobody, like my guys wouldn't show up and you know, it's been a, it's been a, a definitely a grind. Um, not going to lie. It's been like ups and downs and, but you know, that's the, that's the fight game. It's, you know, it's never going to be handed to you easy. It's, it's fighting for a reason. It's called fighting for a reason. And, um, but you know, I, I've become a better person through every hardship and thing that's got thrown at me through the way it's, it's changed my mentality and I've always just keeps, keep growing and keep growing and keep growing. And my goals are, have been the same. I'm still just as passionate about it right now as I was when I talked to you guys two years ago, if not more. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's been, it's been a ride and you know, I got, I got my chance. I did. I got to, I went to the UFC apex. I fought on Dana West tennis area in front of Dana white. And I, and I put on a freaking a war, put on a battle, um, yeah, I, I fought did. this kid, uh, Francis Marshall, um, this, he's, he was a young, younger kid. He was like 23 years old, um, firefighter, uh, and he's a full-time firefighter, badass kid, man. This kid was like, like, like yeah, tons of heart, crazy gas tank. I see like the kid, the workout, this kid's running like freaking half marathons on like all the time. You never, I trained with him after we fought, after we fought, I went down to New Jersey and I was like, I got to oh, see like, awesome. how good this kid really is kind of. And, uh, that's I rolled crazy. him. He's fucking good. I was like, all right, I don't feel as bad about it. You know what I mean? This kid's a stud. He, he had to fight in the UFC since then. Um, he, he, he knocked a kid out. So, you know what I mean? He's, he's going to be cr- climbing the ranks, but, uh, I know I can hang with him. Obviously I, I, it was pretty evident. Um, I definitely, you know, I, there's things I needed to work on and you don't know what you need to work on until you put yourself in those situations to, to, to see what happens. You know what I mean? If you keep winning, like I was, I was, I was knocking guys out in seven seconds. I think my, my all my fight time combined for my first five fights was like under five minutes or something ridiculous like right. that. Yeah. So it was like, I was, I was just walking through people. Um, so it, it, I, you know, you don't learn from that. You don't learn from walking through people. You learn from getting in there and getting somebody at a, a high level and, you know, and, and that's what I needed. So I got it. And, uh, now it's uh, recover, get back from there. I took some time off after that because I definitely got concussed. Um, For sure. And I took some damage. Um, if you guys look at the photos from the fight, it's uh, Dana Weiss Contender Series week two in the last season, which I believe is season six. If anybody wants to get on there and watch the fight, um, I definitely took some damage. So it was good, but it was, I gave some as well. And uh, we're here. We're back after it now. We're getting ready for another fight here in March. Absolutely. And, uh, the next one's on March 18th. Is that correct? March 15th. I just switched. 15th. So I'm actually fighting okay. in front of Dana White again, which is awesome. Get it. Um, nice. In Boston, um, at Encore Casino. Um, still haven't gone a pony yet, which is fucking local show stuff. So uh, it is what right. it is. But uh, we're, we're working on getting myself opponent, and I should be fighting. Uh, you know, and that's when he's get, he gives out contracts. Dana White liked me. So, like, what usually, do, like, he doesn't usually talk to guys after the fights. He came mm-hmm. in the back room and and like talked to me when I was getting like uh, looked at by the doctor, so he doesn't usually do that type of thing. And uh, he he praised me in like the after the after fight speech. So like I think you know sometimes they give guys contracts even if they don't win if, to judge on there. But 
there were so many mm -hmm. good fights on the night that I fought that he gave out five contracts. I don't think there was, you know, enough contracts to, uh, to give out. So it is what it is, but I think I'm still in the hunt for one right now. He's got to uh, go right. back, get a couple of wins. Yeah. Trent and I were actually texting during this fight. So I, I distinctly remember when it was, I had to go up to Seattle for a thing and Trent and I are texting back and forth. I'm watching the fight in the bar, man. That was a three round war between you two and you guys, it, there was, there was no technique. There was no, it, you guys walked at each other and you were like, yep. let's see who's going to fold first. Yeah. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that it didn't, that it didn't yep. go your way, but yep. everybody looked at this was like, man, man, that heart, that the, the lion mentality that you guys had going at each other, it was absolutely fantastic. What, what from that Appreciate fight, especially on, on the back end, because I want to talk about how you felt afterwards. This was, this was your shot. You know, you got a lot of good feedback, but you kind of had to, had to reset and you already, you already mentioned it. You yep. learned a lot from that. Um, yep. do, you, do you think your time as a controller and, and, and taking those shots, um, you know, understanding what adversity is like, do you think that that set you up in order to, to take this one and, you know, quite literally on the chin and then move on? Absolutely. I think, uh, I think uh, things like pre, pre scuba helped me with this, you know what I mean? Like daunting, <laughs> Dude, terrible yeah. things of like days where, you know, you have, there's no way you have to mentally buckle down and just go through it. And I, that's like the pipeline and that's the training. And, and it, I think that's character. Like, like that, you, all that training went through my whole life. Definitely helped me with, with that fight in particular. You know what I mean? Like I've been through those situations before where, you know, this sucks. I knew I was going to get, I eventually I knew I was going to get in there and this was going to happen. And that, and um, just facing adversity over and 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 over again is what's going to make you get ready. Like you, that's the, and that's the thing about like, um, yeah, just like fighting fight camps in general. Like we're just talking about this before we got on the podcast. It's like, you know, in the pipeline, you like, you got to buckle down for two a year and a half or whatever it is. You know, you once you get that and then you're, then you're free, you know what I mean? You get to get on team and then you're, and you're not, you don't have to face the, the amount of stressors that you face, but you know, with, with being a professional fighter, as I have to do this over and over and over, I mean, it's like that continuous, a continuous pipeline. Cause if I don't, I'm just going to get worked and get messed up. So, but I, I, it's made me stronger and I like that. So, but definitely things that like technique wise, I took into account, like I, I, I saw my faults, you know what I mean? Uh, I saw that um, I didn't stop pushing forward. I think maybe if right. I would have, I think, I got hit and I tried getting him back and I just was just walking into his punches because I wanted to get him back and try to break him. But maybe if I would have took a, took a step back, you know, took a, you know, a chance to uh, analyze what I was doing and change my method of attacking and figure it out or counter him as he was coming in. So technique, small things, definitely. I think, um, uh, I'm going to change up. I cut my weight a little bit too early. I think this fight camp. So I didn't oh, wow. put on the size I normally do. Um, so I was a little drained. I didn't have good sleep on when I was out there. So definitely things I'm taking into account for fight week. Um, my wrestling, um, he was a good, great wrestler. I got up to my feet. He didn't hold me down, but still I need to work on that. I know that's something that even though I, I did okay, I want to be better. I want to be more offensive with the wrestling and then um, getting taken down and, and you know what I mean? I need to attack. If you're, if you're attacking, you know, you're, you're, you're also solving his problem of him attacking you. So, yeah. um, I wonder, I've been working on that. I switched up a lot of things for sure. Um, and some things I kept the same th things I thought I was doing well. I definitely, you know, I'm going to replicate that, do it again. But, uh, yeah, y the only way to learn is put yourself into the, into the situations where you're going to face that adversity so you can, you know, come back and rebuild and go back, attack it again.
I, th- I think one of the things you said there is interesting, though, that you didn't change up everything. Like you'll see yeah. that uh, every once in a while when you, uh, someone will hit that adversity that they've never hit before. Yeah. They want to change everything, whether it's the pipeline or, or fighters. With fighters, you see it a lot. They're like, I changed up my entire camp. Like they got rid of everything that brought them to this show. Yeah. And so like, how, how do you go through that list and, and, and hold on to the things that made you successful and got you, got you to where you are? Um, and, and also build on top of it without trying to throw out everything. Cause like it, it's gotta be like kind of an emotional event. Right. Yeah. And, and, and people get that way. So like what made you sit down and think about it that way and, and trying to hold on to what you got you there, but also build up, build upon it. So, um, I think a lot of it is taking in advice from other people. So your coaches and stuff and things you have to, you have to, um, I'm not what the word, word I'm looking for is like with your ego, but you, uh, you have to put your ego to a put ego aside and things that you think you're good at and listen to people and really listen to what people have to say. So I called a meeting, um, the, the week, you know, a couple of weeks after my fight where, you know, everybody got home, we lacked, I didn't do it right away because I wanted to like, for things this kind of settled, settle in, like it was probably like three weeks later. And I, you know, I had a meeting with the coaches and I just like, all right, around the room, you know what I mean? Just kind of like a backwash, yeah. right? what yeah. and, and i that, ran it actually just like we do baby. a debrief yeah. in the in the military i had a whiteboard and i was just like okay and i put it in phases i'd be like all right phase one would be my eight-week camp where was i spending time in my camp i told her you know we talked about what i do in my camp and like right, where do you think i should be spending my time and I went around and i debriefed each guy boom phase two we fight week all right what do you think i should change my fight weeks blah 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 you know, we went down we talked about things i then then i said all right phase three fight fight night what te- small techniques things i was doing wrong within the fight went around with all my coaches and asked them and i think that's the best way you do it because you know you as a fighter you you build like these uh is it you have to be like um humble but also be confident in yourself at the same time there's like this weird balance you have to you can you have to really believe in yourself to go out there when it's fight time that you have can't have any doubt in your brain at all because you need to perform, right? You can't have that doubt. Yep. But at the same time, you need to have the humility and humbleness to be able to learn and take in things from other people that you're doing wrong. So it's a, it's a, it's a balance. So I think, you know, that was the time to do it is after the fight. It's like, throw your ego out. Do you think you're good at something? You're not good at something. You know what I mean? What, what do these guys and coaches around you, are, what, listen to them. What, what, what do you think you need to work on? And that's what I did. Um, you know, and I, I, had, I have switched up some things. Um, a lot of my coaches were telling me you need to get uh, higher level guys daily and which sucks right now. Cause I'm driving up to, uh, Lor- I live in Southern mass and I, literally I'm driving most Southern point of Massachusetts to the most Northern part of Massachusetts. I know our States are small up here, but it's like an hour <laughs> and 45 minutes to, and, um, every day, uh, not every day, three times a week, but I'm going up there and I'm training with like Rob Font, Calvin Cater and, uh, oh, nice. Tom Pags, uh, Nick Fury, all these like, UFC fighters. And I'm wrestling with those guys. Cause I need that, uh, day in and day out work so that's something that we really been working on and i I wish i had that before my fight because i now i'm like all right that's the pressure that you need um i i know like the way only way i could really describe is like it's like i feel like i was a d1 player practicing with a lot of like you know guys who are good but like you know not d1 level and um i I felt great my confidence was high because i'm beating all these guys and doing great but i but like you know, once you get thrown in the fire, the real fire, another D1, like then you start seeing that you get exposed a little bit. And that's what happened. Yeah, yeah there's so, levels, homie. There's levels. It in is. This game. There is. Iron sharpens iron, but it also rusts, you know? So, yes. Um, so I want to talk about the team a little bit, though, because, like, as, as we make that analogy between MMA being a, an endless pipeline and then your pipeline experience as a combat controller, 
the, the team around you makes a huge difference, right? Yeah. And I think one of the things that people don't understand is like you can trust and love your teammates and especially in like that high pressure training environment. Mm-hmm. But everybody also gets on your nerves. Yes. You know, like, yeah. like how do you how do you like deal with those interpersonal relationships? Because I, I think we've all had that experience where like my best friends, like I, you know, said the meanest things to it at certain times. <laughs> where they yeah. get on your nerves. and You have to like go away. So nice. like, how do you deal with that? That endless, you know, stream of like, these are the people that you trust and love, but like they're always there. They're always, you know, they're always trying to tell you the truth. And sometimes you just don't want to deal with people. Yeah, it, it's it's there's definitely it's 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 a balance, especially with, like with fighting. It's so it's very emotional, um, for sure. Yeah, it's like it's my life. It's all high stakes. You know what I mean? And guys, and like with with training, like you know, they start off as your coach, but he comes more than that. When you start, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot riding on on your 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 the rest of your life on your fights. You know what I mean? It's not just like a like a mission. Uh, not that I'm not saying a mission, but there's a lot. Your life is running in line for a mission. But it's not like a training. Let's say a training exercise. You know what I mean? Um, if like if you don't perform, you can get mad at each other for not performing right on the. But like your trajectory of your career is probably gonna stay around the same, right? Unless you make a mm-hmm. huge mistake. For this as a fight, like my trajectory can change from this fight. I lose, boom, and that's not completely changes the trajectory of my life. I'm not going the same yeah. direction. Like if I would have won that fight, boom, I'm in the UFC. Right now, yep. um, that's branching out to a whole new thing. Right now, I didn't win this fight. Now, this brings me back out of the UFC. And like, so yeah, frictions, uh, tension runs high. And you have to take, you have to just consciously know that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I like, you can't, you can't overreact. I think that's a big thing is saying within yourself, you can't, like, you know, you can't take things super, super personal if they, if they think this is the best thing for you. I, they, I truly think the guys, the people that I had around me for the most part, um, want the best wanted the best for me so i just had to trust in that but yes obviously some of the things they say and did 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 you know irk you and get piss you off and you're like and it, always you know what i mean i you know obviously you were humans you know what i mean yeah. like a fucking yeah. it happens never hate never hated anybody more than the guys on my team that just love me and want me to do well you know yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so it, it's definitely a, a, a balance act for sure is is is, is that whole mentality of like um, taking, taking in the criticism and, and not getting a butthurt about it, but at mm-hmm. the same time, yeah. But, but, but as you grow in your, your career and like, uh, you know, word on the street is you're starting to train folks yourself. Yeah. Uh, you know, like as you develop like those relationships and those like soft skills of teaching yeah. and analyzing and, and, and seeing the other side of it, does that change the way that you interact with the people that are, are, you know, telling you, you know, what to do and, and trying to lead you along that path as well? Um, you, sorry, I just had a thing that broke up and it, it, it slowed oh, yeah. down on my phone. I couldn't hear you. Can you say that one more time? My bad. <laughs> yeah. The, the change of perspective. So like you're, you're kind of like a teacher, but also still, uh, you know, the guy that's doing the job at the same time. Yes. Right. So like, so you kind of get to see all sides of it. So does that change your perspective on how you see your coaches and, and the way that they deal with you and your willingness to like be more receptive to what they're saying? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. For sure, um, being wearing the hat of of a coach, a coach and a student is 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 a weird is a weird thing to be honest. Because like, um, uh, it, it, and and I can see like, you know, so how do I explain this? Like, when I when I'm, you have to be like as a coach. I don't know how to explain. How do I explain this? Give me a second, guys. Sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> um. So, like, oh, fuck. All right, so 
be, so being a coach, you have to like with, with my guys, I've been training guys that not right now. I got my new gym going. I have my basement and going and stuff. So there's, there's definitely like, like, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question, to be honest. I don't really know where I'm going with that one. So how, sorry. How about it? How about cut that one, out? Man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not we yeah yeah cut that cut that cut that so Sorry, man. like as as you're making that move like there's a lot of things that we deal with like when i was first starting to be an instructor like when i got my ij like there was i had a lot of imposter syndrome i was like okay, yes. i all right I'm now there you go For like sure. do, do there you we deal go with that? yes all right posture syndrome. i i totally agree i feel like that's a big that's a big thing especially right now because i'm really just starting my gym off right now so i i don't i'm not a like as you know i came from like joe lozon's gym where he, you know, he's 27 time UFC fighter and like, and he has like all his credentials and stuff or black belts. I don't, I don't even right now. I don't even currently have myself a black belt, but I'm still teaching people as, as a purple belt. So there's a lot of that feeling where like, you know, am I ready to be, you know, teaching and I'm ready to be, you know, moving on to that things and passing information on to other people. But, um, I, I feel like there's a little bit of imposter syndrome where I don't, you know, if the, but at the same time, I know that the people that I'm teaching are, you know, there's levels. Like we talked about, there's levels to this. They're so far behind me that I think I can at least give them some information that's going to be beneficial. I never, but I'm never one of these guys that say like, hey, I got to do it my way and don't go do anybody, you know, don't listen to those guys. They don't know what they're talking about. I'm always very open. I'm like, hey, I'm going to show you what I do, what works for me. And then you can go back and, you know, go to go to these other guys, I, these guys I learned from. Joe Lozon, Danny Savory, um, you know, all these other coaches. I'm like, you go and learn from them. Maybe usually they've been pretty supportive of what the things I've been teaching as well. So, yeah, well, and it opens up a whole other thing, too, because now not only, you know, you have that feeling as a coach or as an instructor, and I've felt it before, as you watch these people that you've, you've taught and then you're you're invested in them. You're invested in every single aspect yeah. of their life. And, and that has to be tough to balance still trying to be the fighter that you are and also yeah. invested in your students. So uh, absolutely. And I, so what I, what's been good for me is I have a couple other guys who've been coming into my gym and teaching as well. And I told my guys, I tell my people I'm teaching like, Hey, when I'm in fight camp, it's like, I have to take a little bit back a role of being like your lead coach and head coach, because it's not fair to you. And it's not fair to me because I, I know that the more, uh, I'm at a time sensitive with my career right now. There's only a couple more years where I can do this. So I have to be a little bit more inward focused on myself to bring me, you know, to, to, for training. And I don't want to have you guys be investing your time in everything and, and expecting me to give back to you when I just don't have enough time to give that. So I'm okay with like letting my guys be like, Hey, work with him, you know, work with this coach, work with this coach. And I try to just guide my guys in the right, in the right um, areas, but I try to lead by example by being in the gym and not being one of those guys that just sits on the side and coach, but sits in the, by coaches, by leading and being in there with the guys training hard, show them how it's done, run it, be serious and run it more like a captain um, as a team leader than being a coach. I think that's the best way to do it. And I find that, I, you know, when I'm in there with the guys rolling, I can feel the techniques, the things that are messing up. I become a better coach by like, you know, actually actively being in there, engaging with them and then just sitting on the side and just and seeing them and seeing them and judging. I think that's the biggest thing. And I think for a lot of coaches, I think a lot when I see coaches that actually train with their guys, I think that's the best way of coaching. Yeah. And that was a lesson I learned from Greg Jackson out in Albuquerque. Greg yep. does not sit on the side. Greg is in there. Greg is rolling. Greg is like, 
he's not sparring with the dudes, but he's in there and he's active even, you know, he's in his fifties now, but he's in there and he's, he's living, you know, that walk. And something that he said to me, you know, a long time ago is, you know, when you start coaching, I love the way that you say it's, it's a captain and not a coach. Yes. That is, that is a great way to look at it, man. How has being, you know, when you're instructing, how has being that captain made you step your own personal game up? Absolutely. It's huge because I mean, everybody, it's a well-known set. Like, when you when you're teaching something, it's like learning it twice, right? So right. Um, yeah, there's so many things, and I I, I kind of like I tell people like sometimes I'm like I'm learning things this week, and I'm like oh so this is what we're gonna I don't tell my guys I'm like this is what we're going over this week today, guys. I want to teach you guys something new, and I and it's it's literally studying for me and it's regurgitating yeah. it, but I learn it so much better. So like if I go up to the New England cartel right now, I, I'm working with uh, my head coach is uh, Tyson Chartier. Um, he's my he's the guy I've been working with. Um, he's my manager. He's my coach. He's the he got UFC Coach of the Year uh, or Coach of the Year for MMA in 2020, I believe. So he's he knows his stuff. And um, when we go over something up up there with them, I come home the next day and I run classes in my gym and we literally teach. I teach the same thing and I just describe it and it helps me learn and drill things so much better. It's a huge advantage I have and I'm just lucky enough that I have a space to do it. You know what I mean? And and. And, you know, I try it on the really high level guys and I'm struggling with it. But then I come home and I'm teaching it to my students or, you know, amateurs coming up and it works for me. Then I'm like, OK, now I can understand it and I can reattack and try it on the guys who are really good again. Yeah. And I want to talk about the new space, too, like right in line with you taking on more of that leadership role and you stepping into that next phase of your life. Man, you took a big risk and you turned your basement. I, lo I love the mom's basement post every time I see it. It, <laughs> makes me, it just makes me laugh. But it, and it seems like all I, I'm going to compare you directly to Henzo Gracie. Like Henzo started in yep. the blue basement. You're in the basement too. There New is, blue there basement. A, yeah, I get it. There is a, there's a grittiness and there is there is work to be had when you walk down those stairs and go in there. But when you're getting ready, yeah, when, when you're getting ready to, to, to make that step, when you had this idea, you're like, all right, cool. It's time for me to have my own space and my own work man, that, that is, that is putting yourself out there in kind of a different, in a different realm. How, like, how did that make you feel? Like, w were you worried about it? Did you think you were going to fail? So actually, so I'll tell you what happened. So I was renting a, um, when I, I decided that like, I needed to start my own, my own spot because, um, you know, I'm, I'm 30 years old. I turned 30 this year and I've been training martial arts since I was, um, originally like taekwondo and stuff started when i was like five and six and wow. then I, I competed my whole life so i've been doing i have a lifetime of like 26 years 25 years of martial arts experience obviously there's a ton of different uh things where that drops down where there's muay thai and there's jujitsu judo so i was like i have a lot of knowledge from a lot of different things so i i knew that i needed to start building my own business just in just in case right let's just say this mma thing i don't make it to be a professional and whatever and you know what I mean? And that, that just falls off. So I have something to, to, base, to base back on. And um, and like you said, like we talked about, like teaching makes you a better martial artist. Right. And uh, yeah. so I just I as renting from a CrossFit gym and it was it was cool, oh, you know. Wow. Um, but the thing with the CrossFit gym is like they're blasting music They're right. You know, they don't understand then don't walk on the mats thing. They don't understand. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it just didn't feel it, a CrossFit gym doesn't feel like a a jujitsu gym you know what i mean i didn't did i was just ever, subleasing from them yeah it's, did you it ever just weird. tell of like your friend time isn't gonna help you when i just twist your head off for walking <laughs> yeah. on the mats like i put my face there homeboy like get your get your nobles and kick rocks mercy everywhere <laughs> yeah, right. exactly so it was it, it was um 
But anyways, that, that CrossFit gym, they were about to move all right, after the pandemic. They're about to move to a new location. And then right before they're about to move to the location, something set, fell through with the, the leasing deal. And they're like, ah, we're done. We're not, we don't, they just didn't feel comfortable doing it. I think they lost a lot of their, their clients during the pandemic. So they decided, mm-hmm. I was like, all right. So it kind of left me like, oh, shit, now, I mean, I'm done. So I don't, I don't really have a place to do it. So I, um, my parents, my mom, and they're like, well, why don't you just put the mats in the basement? And we'll see, you know, I was looking for other areas to rent from everything was like crazy expensive. You know what I mean? Like post not like everything's like post a pandemic, everything prices were all jacked up like crazy. You couldn't get a space yep. anywhere. So I was like, so they let me go here. And then, um, so I started, you know, started small, put the mats down there. I was like, I just started modifying. I had all this stuff from over the years that I just never used. And it's kind of just been in storage. And like, you know, I got bags, I got a weight rack. I got like, and I just started putting together, and I just made this sick gym. All right, I'm, I can show you, probably show you guys real quick. I got this. Hell yeah! Let's Live do tour. it. Let's yeah, go. I got. I got, got a little tour <clears throat> of the gym. So here we go. We got wall mats in here. I got a little, uh, a little waiting area. So I have my own entrance to to the gym. So you know they don't have to go through the house and stuff. I got my bags. Um, you know, got a little weightlifting area right here. Medicine bag here. Show you my cage. Nice. I got my, my, my new modern us. my new modern cage right here. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, so um it's the cage. Yeah. yeah. So I mean it, but it, the thing is that it like worked out a lot better. Obviously rent's a lot cheaper. And um I, it gives me less less uh less stress with you know having to make rent everything every week and I can focus more on my career and just straight teaching. You know what I mean? So it's it was you know, it, it, it worked out a lot better. And then now I love it, man. Like, um, it's becoming like the new spot. Like a lot, I, I got a guy right now fighting next weekend in the UFC. who has been training out of here for this fight camp. Um, he's fighting down in Australia next weekend. Um, we, we have uh, Chris Montino who's fighting on the ultimate fighter. He's been down here training. We got like, there's legit, like really good high level pro- professional fighters training out of my basement right now. And then I got my kids program going as well. So it's like, now that you know, if some you know if after I get done fighting, I build up my clientele, build up my base, and now I'm gonna have something to move on to when I want to start a real gym and get out of, get out of my mom's basement. I mean, well, <laughs> when your mom's upstairs fighting. with like with her friends, uh, are her friends like, "What's that noise?" And she's like, "Oh, it's just my boy and his friends beating the crap out of each other in the basement." Like, that's that's pretty cool. That's, yeah, my- that's one of the coolest mom moves I've ever heard ever, of. It's just yeah. like ah. <laughs> Move into the basement and and fight with your buddies. That's that's pretty rad. Yeah, well, my, my father my father has an office upstairs as well. He's a, he's a lawyer, so it's, he has his office upstairs as well. So that's the one that's pretty funny. He's upstairs, like you know, doing lawyer stuff, and we're down here beating the shit each other, shit out of each other. <laughs> it's, a, it's quite the contrast. So yeah, yeah. Um, as long as we're not hitting the bag when you know when there's like a big important meeting going on, it's pretty good. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you covered a lot of ground there real quick. Uh, you have like a kids thing going on. You're training other guys. Like what are, can you just give us a list of all the things that you have going on right now and, and maybe plug some of the stuff that other people can look at? So yeah, I got a, I got a kids program. Um, we try to start from seven. I have, I have, I do have a six year old in there right now, but we try to start from seven to like 13 years, 13 year old kids. Um, so we teach MMA. So we don't, we don't obviously like, I've done a huge array of of things and there's no like structured rank system in MMA anymore at all because it's, it's a new thing. Right. So you can't like get like, Oh, I got my black belt in MMA underneath this. 
but I, so I did what my martial arts instructor growing up, he did kind of, so he was a Taekwondo black belt. And then once, you know, MMA, he realized MMA was more effective for all cases, self-defense, everything. He started, started like, okay, we're not, we're just going to start giving belts out for MMA. He gave me a black belt underneath him for MMA. So that's what I'm giving my students now. It's structured like a karate belt where you have white, yellow, orange, blue, green, brown, black. And, um, I'm giving, but I'm giving out a new, it's our own thing. It's his thing. I'm under him and I'm start. He, he's, he helped me out a lot. He hooked me up with my mats, um, business plan, everything. He, he like really, oh, my, wow. my martial arts instructor, uh, this guy, John Mirando, um, he kind of is the one he's like, you need, you need to do this. Like, cause that was another thing. Like, I was like, like we talked about, like, um, I, I wasn't confident in myself to be like, Hey, can I be the one teaching people? But he was like, you need to. He's like you. You've been doing this for long enough. He's like you need to start doing your own thing. He's one of the one of my mentors who pushed me into this area. So I do that um, with fighters. I right now I I, I run some classes, um, but we're not like I don't have a ton of classes because I need to focus on training myself. So it's more like fighter classes where what I do is I have punch cards and I'll be like, all right, yeah. guys, we're going to train today at this time. And I run I run a a you know I'll sell like instead of memberships I sell like you got. 150 bucks for 10 classes so you get like 15 bucks a class and i try to get guys in here and we and we do like mma drilling um yeah. and, and we set up different times we're like hey what's a good day for everybody to work boom all right we get an hour we get, you know get four or five guys in here drilling practicing and you know yes. instead of having a gym membership set up for them i think that's I'll, that's I'll the way to go what, about that that is the way to go because people are going to spend their own money on it but then you get this room full of killers that are in yeah. there and they're motivated they want to seek you out like it's Man, I've been to jujitsu classes where people are literally just killing time. They just want to yeah. show up enough to where they get promoted. And the feeling where, I mean, it, that is that is remarkably different. I've seen yeah. some of the rooms that you uh, that you've you've put together over the last couple of months, and man, there's some killers in there. You can just tell. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing about MMA is like I don't I, for the adults. I don't really care about giving them. I don't care about the rank thing with the adults. I feel like if if you're either you want to be in here right now to get better or not to get belts. Like I don't give a fuck. I don't give a about the belts right now. It's <laughs> just yeah. we're here. We're here to to do to uh, to get fighters and get and get better. And that's right. I teach MMA. I know I do some jujitsu. I teach techniques in jujitsu. No gi, gi. You know. I mean, I'll t I'll throw some stuff. I, I've been doing that a lot lately. Is I, I've been pushing out content about stuff i've yeah. been teaching i don't know if you guys have seen i got a youtube starting up a youtube channel right now um a guy was just here actually and uh we've just been you what's, know trying to put some techniques what's YouTube, here and there Connor? say that say what's, the what's name of uh, the controller mma <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Right. we'll put it in the uh we'll put it down here in the comments and, and we'll we'll make sure people are, are checking it out man we'll get it out yeah there. So um, it's 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 weak right now, guys. We just started it out, so I only got a couple of videos on there right now. But um, we're we're trying to add one technique video a week, and we're just gonna keep growing that. And um, so yeah, that's that's one thing I'm really excited about doing. You know, uh, I think that's the new like for for everything. I think if a lot of these guys who have a good social media or, or YouTube channel is where they can base out and build a big business from that. Yeah. Um, and all that that's that's what all the big jiu-jitsu guys doing i still see a lot of guys doing it with mma at the moment i don't see any like mma specific coaches because you know I, what i think it is is guys don't want to give up their secrets in mma you know yeah. what i mean yeah. <laughs> well i mean if you look at like danaher and you look at those dudes you know gordon and, and john danaher they kind of broke that mold where it was very secretive and like you had to go to those gyms to roll gordon puts out every single thing that he does so does danaher I, yep 
you know, because you know why it's because they believe in they, they know the techniques they drill so much and they practice so much and it's like you can talk about it all you want we can show you but unless you're in there drilling and practicing it you're not it's not going to do anything for you you know what i mean yeah. it's like uh, i like eddie bravo talked about it. it's like techniques you can teach techniques it's like tying a shoe i can give you a video about how to tie your shoe all right but it needs to be so good that you don't think about tying your shoe right you just you just do it that's what a technique should be in martial arts so we might have seen a, a few folks at a shot show that are, are high on tactical knowledge, but maybe a little low on the uh, the practice and the implementation yeah. of, of such things. Yeah, not not to be judgy, but <clears throat> uh, <laughs> uh, but hey, you're you're 30 years old, so you're not like a super young dude anymore. No. You're teaching, you're creating content, you're training, <clears throat> you got fights coming up. Like, how do you recover? I'm assuming you're you're starting to feel it a little bit. Like, how do you how do you work in? your recovery and like personal life stuff. Like there's not enough hours in the day from I'm, I'm like running computations. Like, yeah. What, how, how do you get the rest of it done? Is there any, any semblance of balance in your life? It's hard. It's it, that's the hardest part, honestly. And that was one of the big things we talked about again from, from my, uh, my last fight is uh, what's up, Joe, another fighters. Here. Um, but one, but one of the things we talked about from my, my last fight is, is recovery is, was a big problem. And it, it is hard because even when I'm coaching and I'm a training, like I said, I like to be the guy that gets in there and like, I don't like just by coaching, by telling, I like coaching by actually rolling with the guys or, you know, showing being in there or holding pads. It's, it's hard to teach somebody how to strike by, showing them something and just letting them do it you like you have to hold the pads for them step by step and show them so that's a lot of strain and stress in my body so the biggest thing i would say i do is a sleep right that's the most important is like you got to really focus on sleep and it's hard for, for me too like like all right fucking 10 o'clock shut my tv right. off listen yeah. to a podcast that's it stop looking at lights and and, and make sure i get up at the same schedule every single day um And, and then like I, for things I like, and some people is like ice baths that helps out me a lot. You know what I mean? Um, breathing techniques, uh, stuff like that. Like those little things really do help me out because I, I be honest, like I don't get too many rest days. I'm, I'm, I'm active a lot. So I got to make sure I like sleep and stuff like that's my priority for, uh, yeah. recovering. Cause yeah, I'm getting older. I'm getting beat up. I feel it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so and everybody eating healthy, out there, yeah. Eating healthy is huge too, man. Like that, it really is. Like especially in fight camp, that like you got it. You got to eat healthy. You start eating like an ass, drinking drinking beers and everything. I think alcohol is the the worst thing. Um, people don't really talk about about recovery is 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 alcohol. Like you, I had the whoop on for a while, and like if you drink, like my my sleep and my recovery is messed up for three days so garbage right yeah, yeah you look at that you look at that red circle when you wake up on the whoop app and you yeah, just start yeah. regretting every decision you've ever made so do you have a team of people that are helping you out with recovery mobility durability nutrition or are you just doing this all on your own no i mean i well it, it's a lot of it's become some over time of um experience doing it but i've always had coaches and reached out from the beginning like when i first start, started off um well, i still work i got a strength and conditioning coach uh coach mike perry um, he works with a ton of other fighters. And so 
when I first came back from the military, I was like, my flexibility, my mobility was terrible. You know garbage. what I mean? I just do it. what? Like, yeah. Garbage. You have <laughs> yeah, to do one awful. thing. Yeah. Like that's something that we all, we all laugh at. Like we all inherently know this, but when other people, like when actual physios put their hands on you, they're like, what does the matter with you? Be like, this chassis is meant to put on a quarter of my body weight, go in one <laughs> line. Like everything that we do is pretty repetitive and it's really not that, like the ranges of motion really yeah. are not. That's why you see guys hurt themselves when they, you have a pack on and you stumble or you like have to reach out to stop yourself. That's when you, you know, catch a pretty serious injury because the things that we do that you're expected to do in the military are all pretty truncated yeah. in range of motion, which is the exact opposite of what you need to be for a fighter. Yeah, my body, my body is completely different now um, than the way I moved and operated. I feel so much better now, though. Like I, mm -hmm. I, I think that if, like a lot of military operators did a lot of the things that I did, I do now. Um, they would feel so much better because like lower back pain was always like a really bad thing, but that just came from being really, really tight from like the those types of workouts. I don't know what they're doing now, but the types of workout I was doing while I was in the military was a lot of like the Olympic lifts and you know that. And then when I was twenty, I was young. I was uh, between twenty one and twenty six. I was always in there competing with all my all my friends. Right. How much can we always. deadlift for over four hundred pounds? Baby. You know what I mean? Every like, day is a PR day up in here. Ex exactly. I was doing that, and I, and, I, and that 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 jacked me up a lot though. So I had to you know counteract. I did get really strong though. I got to say like. Being in the being from when I got out, like I was, I I got strength now, so I'm, that's always there for me. But now it's about like I do a lot more single leg work. I do a lot more like like balance balance type of stuff. I do uh, stretching mobility. I used to do yoga a lot. I don't really do yoga too much anymore because I learned how to do like mobility workouts and stuff and, and put that. I prioritize mobility over strength because I got the strength for the last six or well, the six years I was an active duty combat controller. So. Sure. Yeah. And that's, you know, something for, you know, the audience that's out there listening, like, I, I hope you internalize what Connor just said, but having, you know, strength is awesome. But when you have the flexibility, durability, mobility to actually utilize that strength, I bet you're a harder hitter that's now. I, I bet you're more dangerous in weird positions in jujitsu. I bet that Pete, when you get your yep. hands on somebody, they're like, oh no, this is not going to go well. Yep. Oh yeah. yeah. For a thousand, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. It's, it's, you can't, it's like, you can have all the strength in the world, but you, you're not able to hack into that strength unless you have the correct mobility. It's like, it's like, it's like having, you know, it's like having something, just not being able to use it. So for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Feeling a little uh, judgy in here, guys. Is this hitting deep? Is this hitting deep on you? <laughs> I gotta go. Absolutely. I gotta get out of here. So, man, we talked about it March 15th. That's the next fight that's coming up. And when when I assume that you're already in fight camp right now, how's it going? Yeah, so I'm in fight camp. Uh, fight camp's been going fantastic. Uh, like I said, I've been training with, like, top-level guys and getting their day in and day out. Um, I've been dreading my practices, which is a good thing. You know what I mean? Like, we go into practice and, like, oh, this is fun. We get to train it. But, like, if you go to practice, you're like, fuck, oh, this is going to suck. That's when you know you're in the right <laughs> spot. That's when you know you're yeah. really working You're working hard. Um I've been working with a new striking coach too. Um, so that's been a huge help for me. Um, my, my boy, Pete, um, Pete Lucini. Um, he's a local guy and he's a guy who actually lives close to me. So, which is awesome because like, I don't like, you know, I've been had other striking coaches where I had to drive and like go yeah, really far. Sure. And like now he can like, we can fit in a little session here and there or whenever it doesn't have to be so strict. You know what I mean? Like we, and that's one thing I think that's been a huge advantage for me is this being able to just with my basement now is like oh i can fit it in now boom go down there or maybe days like i thought that 
you know, I, I'm feeling pretty good today. Maybe I, I'll fit in a certain And then some days when I'm like tired and like we had something scheduled, you still time, sometimes you'd be like, oh, I'm exhausted, but I got to push in because I had this scheduled for a week and I just got to do it because I'm now sure. it's like, I'm exhausted. Actually, I'm not going to do it today because I don't, I shouldn't, I could, my body, I'm reading my body and I shouldn't train because I'm tired. I think that's the biggest thing. And I'll just push it off to another day and we can make it up. So that's been a huge help for me. Um, but yeah, camp's going great. I'm ready to go. It's uh, March 18th fighting in front of Dana White again at a casino in Boston. Um, you know, it's, I, I reinvented myself. I really do. I truly believe that it's going to be a new version of me going out there and performing and I can't wait for everybody to see it and like, you know, get another win. Hopefully yeah, UFC yeah. comes right after that. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, yep. I want to be in the UFC this year. I really yep. do. I, th I think I can do it. So we all do, man. And the, you, you can hear it in your voice. Just for, even from the last time we talked, man, you can hear the maturity. You can hear like how much more formalized your camp sounds. You can hear how you're driving towards those things. You did hit on something where we were just talking about, you know, that grind of every single day and, you know, not necessarily like listening to your body, but that mental approach that you're taking, how important, cause I, I love the videos of you and the striking coach, just playing around, running around yeah. in the basement. So <laughs> how important is it for you to not take things that seriously? Cause like, listen, man, you've been a combat controller. You've been in life or death situations. You you've been fighting for your literal damn life in the middle of that cage. And to hear you with the joy that you're speaking about your camp, how important is it to keep that levity and that comedy going during your camp? Um, it's, it's super important. I mean, if I, I, I love what I do every single day. So to me, it's going to come natural. Like I literally made the decisions in my life to get out of being a combat controller, which was a freaking one of the best jobs in the world in the military, right? The, one of the coolest yeah, jobs. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I decided to leave that before something else. So, I mean, if I'm not having fun doing what I'm doing, then what am I doing? You know what I mean? Like, and I, it's like, you know, it, I enjoy training, you know, when it's even those days when it sucks, like I said, and I go out there, but it always feels good after, you know, and I think there's, there's a, you know, when you're having fun, you're performing better. And it's like in a fight, like if you're fighting just to work hard and just for whatever, like, you know what I'm saying? If you're fighting, if you're doing something just to work, work hard, or if you're doing something because you enjoy it, you'll, you'll do a lot better if you're doing it, if you're there to enjoy it. So I think it's very important that when I'm hitting pads, I'm working with my with, with these guys that we're just having a blast and, you know, we're, we're smiling and, and like, and, but we're, you can still work hard and have a good time. That's, that's fact. You don't have to be mad and upset and, and, you know, crying and whatever. Hey, I can hear work you. Hard. I can hear you. Like sometimes <laughs> you just need to cry in your car before you walk into the section. So uh -huh. let's just not, you know, Exactly. It's that type two fun. You know, it's that it's out there when you're on a, the, the training events and yeah. everybody finally just lets go of like feeling sorry for themselves. Yeah. And you just get after it and have you're a just good like, time. Whatever. Those this are sucks. the this best is memories. terrible. Let's just do it. And you just find yourself laughing with your bros. Yeah. Yeah. It's just tricking the All brain, right. man. It's just tricking the brain. There it is. Hey, I have a question. So we 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 obviously talk to a lot of folks that are thinking about joining the uh, the military to, you know, do your job and, and our jobs. Um and, and one of the things that you talked about is like you have a fight coming up and you don't even know <clears throat> who your opponent is yeah and like you where you're at now there's a lot of unknowns and you're still training for it and you don't know exactly what's going to happen yeah and we get a lot of like we get a lot of questions guys are like i want to know everything Every i want to know single thing and so, yeah and like and you yeah. know like we, when you went into go be a combat controller like you didn't have all the answers like you're just like i hope this yeah. thing ends up being as rad as i as it seems like and you just went in there and attacked it like how did you get that mindset the first time and how do you maintain that mindset to be to be comfortable with the the unknown and to jump in there and perform anyway. It, it's really just comes down is controlling the controllables, right? I can only control so much. All right. And I don't know 
and then there's the unknown. So I focus, I just focus on the things I can control because I know that's like, what's, what can I can control? I can control my pad work. I can control, or not my pad, but I can control my, my, my sessions and training. I can control my workouts. That's all I can focus on because at the end of the day, you know, when that day comes and I got to step into the cage, if I was worrying about what the guy looked like, what the guy does, what his skill sets and all this other stuff, it's just a waste of energy. It's anxiety. It's, it doesn't yeah. do, it doesn't bring anything to me. And I, it's funny you say that because I get so many kids and I, I stopped answering them. And I don't know if that's the right thing because <laughs> I just couldn't, it just made me mad. It's like, if you like, it's made me to the, to, got to the point where like, I'll give, if somebody asked me like a particular question about something, feel free, I'm answering that question. But if somebody was like, Hey, what should I be working on? What, what tips can you, can you give me? And I'm just like, I'm like, go on a podcast, listen to ones ready. I'm sure they got a lot of tips on there. You know what I mean? Because at the end, because like there's, 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 I, first of all, I haven't been through the pipeline in so long. So there's so many things. Yeah. I don't know what's yeah. changed and going on, but like, if you already have the mentality where you're trying to game it to see things that, you know what I mean? Like, then you're probably not even going to make it. You just have to, have, there's one thing that really matters. All right. About becoming a combat controller or a PJ or whatever soft thing you want to do. And it's just, it's your mentality. That's the only thing your mentality is. I'm never going to quit. No matter what they put at me, I'm not going to quit. That's the only thing that matters. And that's the only thing that matters in fighting. It's like, I'm just not going to quit. And like learning on something, if it can come learning a technique, I'm not going to quit until I figure this technique and get it done, get it down. I'm not going to quit until I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to show up to the gym. I'm going to actually do my workouts. As is my workout, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to finish every single thing that's written down on that workout because I'm not going to quit. That's like my, that's my big thing. When I, my coach gives me a program, if this is the stupidest thing, I think this is stupid. I don't know why he's having me do that. I'm still going to do it because that's what, that's what I have to do. That's, that's, that's what he program. thinks is good for me. And that's why I pay him. So I'm going to do it. That's the most thing. It's just like whatever they give you, no matter what, it's just do the things that's controllable and not worry about anything else. You know, Connor, usually we ask for advice at the end of it. We didn't even have to ask. You just crushed it, man. So for everybody <laughs> out there, go follow Connor right now. He's at the Controller MMA over on uh, IG. So just just follow hey. him out there, Connor Matthews. Follow his YouTube channel. Uh, yep. What's the YouTube channel again? Uh, the Controller MMA. Perfect. The Controller MMA. Find him wherever he is. Get ready for that March 15th fight. If you don't say beware the eyes of March talking about this fight, like some somebody's in for a problem, and I don't think that it's Connor Matthews. Connor, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate your time. Everybody out there, thanks for following along the One's Ready podcast. Check us out at onesready.com and on our IG. If you got any questions, hit us up. Connor, we appreciate you, man. Keep grinding. Can't wait to see that win and that eventual trip to the UFC on March 15th, man. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I love talking to you guys. I love talking to other controllers. And it's just so much easier. I don't have to explain myself and what we do. So it's <laughs> <laughs> so much bro. easier talking to you guys, you know, than talking to us. So, I, I have you back on whenever, whenever. Uh, thank you so much for everything you guys do. Keep it up. And you guys are crushing it. Absolutely. We'll bring you back on after that win. You tell Dana I said, what's up? I will. Thank you. All right. <laughs> All righty.